0: Please do turn to Job and chapter 28. I wonder if this is a chapter that you've ever read and understood and seen its meaning before. Our title tonight is Searching for Wisdom. This is a curious chapter. It stands out. It's not really part of the dialogue between Job and his so-called three Counselors, or as some say, comforters. No, it really stands on its own. The book of Job is quite probably the oldest book in the Bible written in the time of the patriarchs Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, some 2,000 years or thereabouts before the Lord Jesus Christ. It's one of the very few books of the Bible that doesn't quote any other book in the Bible and of course that's not a surprise if it's the first book that was written well it's a very interesting and fascinating chapter I want to try with God's help tonight to bring it alive and to show its central thrust which is really found in verse 12 and then verse 20 and then verse 28 the subject is wisdom. How do we find wisdom? We search for so many things in life. Bear in mind this was written 4,000 years ago. To understand the many pictures we need to get into the minds of probably an Arab thinking, Arab speaking community. For there are many types and metaphors that seem to come from that culture 4,000 years ago. Well, we only have one life, don't we? That's obvious. We don't believe in reincarnation, coming back as a dog or a cat or something else. There is one life. What matters is, do we find real, eternal, spiritual wisdom in this one life? It was the famous cricketer and missionary C.T. Stud that went to China who wrote these words. I may have quoted these before. Only one life, yes, only one. Now let me say, thy will be done. And when at last I'll hear the call, I know I'll say, t'was worth it all. Only one life, t'will soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when I am dying, happy I'll be if the lamp of my life has burned out for thee. One life. What will we do with our life? You have a life. I have a life. What are we doing with our life? What are we searching for? What are we expending our energy? What are we investing in? What are we thinking about, dreaming about? What's the value of our life? That's really the question that Job asks. Wisdom. Well, this is an astonishing picture. I want to turn very quickly through the verses and just explain what they mean, and then perhaps give some modern equivalent. So Job, he splits from his dialogue, and he says in verse 1, chapter 28, Surely there is a seam for the silver, the miner. This is the picture through the first ten or so verses. It's about mining. We don't have much mining in this country today, but there is across the world. There is a vein, a shaft, a seam for the silver. There's a place for gold where they refine it. Just imagine you're a miner. That's the picture M I N E R. A miner searching for something valuable, something like gold and silver. Of great worth. If you can find a seam, you've found something so valuable. You can sell it, you'll be rich, but it's quite hard work. When you've found it, you've got to dig it out, you've got to refine it, you've got to purify it before you can sell it. That's really what verse one says. Verse two, iron. That's even harder work. You find iron ore, you take it out of the earth. You've got to refine it, smelt it, get the impurities off. Same with brass, copper and zinc. Taken out of the stone. Remember, this is 4,000 years ago. These processes, they're very advanced. We're told the geology and the metallology of this chapter, if that's the right word, they're all accurate. The word of God doesn't make mistakes. Verse 2, these are taken out of the stone, dug up. And then they knew how to get the valuable material out of the stone. Gold, silver, iron and brass and how to smelt it. What an effort. To spend all that energy and sweat and tears to get something of great value, but people will go, it seems, to any end in order to find precious metals. Nowadays they do it with Bitcoin. They try to find these magic numbers or something like that in order to turn it into cryptocurrency. They spend time and effort and energy to discover something that will be valuable I once knew a missionary he's gone home now to be with the Lord but he lived in South Africa and his task for 40 50 years was to reach miners in a gold mine in South Africa that was a hard work people often died they were cramped conditions they got paid very little and such was the effort that was expended. You think of the gold rush in California. That's how the Westerns were written. All about blood and shooting and killing in the aim of finding just a nugget of gold sifting through the stones in the riverbed. This is the effort that people go to. This is what Job is saying. Verse 3. He goes down into the earth. He starts mining underground. He goes into the darkness and he searches out and finds stones there in the shadow of death. We've heard of deaths, haven't we? In coal mines that have collapsed. Verse 4, they even divert the rivers so they don't get flooded in the mines and they go to places which are all dried up. Well, extraordinary what man can do. The ingenuity, the creativity of man to find something of value and dig it out of the earth. Verse 5, as for the earth, the surface, not below, well, you can plant, can't you? Plant seed, make bread, grind the wheat, make flour, and underneath the earth, it's very hot you see it's accurate volcanic activity lava coming up like fire the six the stones of it the earth sapphires gold dust you see the picture it's quite an interesting way to explain how we need to search for wisdom the parallels compared to Ancient history, 4,000 years ago. Verse 7 There is a path going down into the caves, and you won't find a bird there. There won't be any vultures. They can't go 2,000 feet under the earth, but man and woman can. They can find things of great value, they can prop up the shafts. Verse 8 There's no lions or beasts. Down in those caves in the mines. No fierce lion has been down there. And verse 9. He puts forth his hand upon the rock. He's found something valuable. There. Where he digs it out. And overturns the mountains. Verse 10. He cuts the rivers out of the rocks. And his eye. He must be taking a lamp down there. His eye. Can see everything precious, everything glinting with candlelight. Verse 11, he binds up the floods, he's turned the waters away so that there won't be a flood. And there, he brings everything valuable up to the surface. Do you see? That's the first 11 verses human ingenuity. In ancient times, this is about wisdom, not gold, not sapphires, not rubies. Well, how much better is wisdom? The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. doesn't matter what you have in life. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you are rich beyond measure. How much better? How much easier it is to find Christ than it is to discover through effort, ingenuity and blood. Gold is sought for, but God's free grace is neglected. Isn't that a shame? Something that God says freely. No effort, no sweat, no blood, no caves, no mining. And yet, we don't. We ignore it. God offers his hands out to us and says, Here is grace. Come, take it by faith. And yet, we expend all this effort, but we don't listen to the counsels of wisdom, the counsels of heaven. Well, let's bring this up to date. We've put man on the moon, I believe. As you think, conspiracy theories mean it was just a shadow and there was no flag and it was all an elaborate hoax, I think, probably. Man was on the moon. Isn't that staggering? The moon that can't really support life. But we've gone there several times. We've split the atom to make boundless energy Discovered penicillin, antibiotics, what tremendous skills. And yet, Job says here all this effort, searching, ingenuity, 4,000 years ago, and yet people don't search after God. Don't seek the one who is so easy to find. We ask the same question why would you take so much effort? When to turn to God, you will have riches that you can't measure. Riches that don't decay, that moths don't eat, that don't rust. Where is wisdom? Well, that's the verse, verse 12. Having explained all the efforts that society's gone into, Job asked the question, Where shall wisdom be found? Where is the place of understanding? Why? Why would we dig? Dig, dig, dig. We speak about digging a hole and keep on digging and you can't get out of it. But the miner's work is so hard. Many die in the mines, unattractive, dangerous work to do. Well, if we go on in verse 13, Job now starts to tease us with a riddle. Verse 13 and onwards he says, well let me tell you about wisdom. Wisdom, you can't put a price on wisdom. It hasn't got a number that you can put against it. Man knows not the price thereof. It's not found in the land of the living. You can't go to a shop. The Argos catalogue hasn't got the number for wisdom. You can't see wisdom. It's not in the land of the living. You can't go to an ancient eastern person and say, show me wisdom. People pretend. Verse 14, the riddle continues. Go to the sea. Oh, maybe we'll find wisdom there. No, it's not in me. The ocean has a voice. And the sea says, no, it's not with me either. We can't find it in the land of the living, on the land, the dry land. And we can't find it in the ocean. There's no wisdom there. Verse 15. Well, maybe I can buy it. Maybe I can put an advert in the paper and say, I want to buy wisdom, Facebook Marketplace. I'm looking for wisdom. It cannot be gotten for gold neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. Do you see what this is about? Isn't God so gracious and kind that he devotes a whole chapter of the Bible to explain our great need is for wisdom, spiritual wisdom? will explain what that is. Just to finish, the riddle, verse 16, it can't be valued. It's not like the precious onyx or the sapphire. Women, you've got jewellery, some I hope, not too expensive. But take the most expensive piece of jewellery you've got, multiplied a million times. You can't compare that to wisdom. Verse 17, the gold, the crystal, can't equal it. You can't make an exchange, not even for fine jewels of gold, coral, pearls. Verse 18, the price of wisdom is well above rubies. Oh, Job, stop teasing. Stop giving us this riddle. The topaz. I haven't counted them all up, all the precious articles in this chapter, but there's many. He comes to a juncture again. Verse 20, and then he starts to answer his own question. Where does wisdom truly come from? Where's the place that I can find understanding? Are you wise tonight or are you a fool? The fool has said in his heart there's no God. The fool acts as though there's no God, pretends there's no day of judgment. Are you wise? Well here's his answer. Verses 21 down to verses 27. It is hid. You see, there's something about finding Christ that is hid from the eyes of everybody. The only person that can reveal Christ to you is Christ himself through the work of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, it's hid from the eyes of all living. Sometimes we wonder, how can a person sit In chapel for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And it seems as though everything is hidden from them. Because it is hidden from them. And until we ask for God to reveal it to us, we won't understand the secret of life. Verse 22 Destruction and death say, we've heard about wisdom with our ears. No nonsense. Verse 23, God only, only the great creator God, only the all-wise, all-knowing God can reveal to an individual the nature of their heart, the need for forgiveness, And how we can find God and have our guilt removed and our sin taken away? Is there a young person tonight? Have you found wisdom? Do you know the secret to life? It's not found in the textbooks. God understands the way thereof. He knows the place. Verse 24, God has complete perspective On the whole of history, on the whole of the world, no one else does. He looks to the ends of the earth. He sees under the whole of heaven. Nothing is hidden from God. Wisdom is hidden from us. Verse 25. To make the weight for the winds. God can weigh the winds. Imagine that. All the winds... Across the earth, God knows the weight of the winds. Sounds extraordinary. It's designed to make us think. He has a decree for the rain. He knows when the rain will stop, when it will start. He knows where the lightning will strike. And it has struck. Sometimes people have been converted because lightning has struck in the very place where they were standing. And life passed across their eyes and God made the lightning come to stop them. Verse 27, then he did see it. God saw wisdom and God declared it. You see, we can only find wisdom if God reveals it. That's the wonderful thing about the Bible. Nobody can work out God through intuition. You can't feel God, you can't touch God, you can't solve the riddle. No, God did see it and he declared it. He reveals himself. If you don't know Christ Jesus tonight, you need to ask God to reveal himself to you, personally, individually. He saw it, he declares it, he reveals himself and he prepares it. Yes, and searched it out. Well, isn't this a wonderful chapter? I've just scanned through the chapter to try to bring it to life. But this is really about wisdom. James says in his epistle, If any man lacks wisdom, he must ask God for it. We're born unwise We're born fools and we become more foolish and more unwise. Every day that goes by without we seek Christ, we're becoming a bigger fool. God is the only one that has all wisdom, all knowledge. And therefore, not through mining, not through discovering, not through ingenuity, God must reveal these things. It's like Him taking blinkers off our eyes. Ah, suddenly, I see it. I see that I'm facing a lost eternity without God. Ah, I see I'm accountable for my sin. No one else can answer for me except for the Lord Jesus Christ. The wonderful thing is that God wants to reveal this wisdom to everybody who asks for it. Verse 28, here is Job's conclusion. It's very similar to the verse that we read in Psalm 111. And unto man, this is God speaking, he said, Behold, look, listen, hear, the fear of the Lord. What does that mean? The fear of the Lord. God is telling each man, each woman, respect my word. That's the first thing. If you don't respect the revelation of God, you are a fool. God who knows all things and has given us this wonderful book and we would leave it on the shelf to gather dust The fear of the Lord, oh, that's the beginning of wisdom. To respect God's word and let it speak to us. If you fear him, you won't just respect his word, you will obey it. When it says repent and believe, you will do it straight away. Don't wait for another day. Never say another day will do for Jesus. Come to him. Confess your sin. He will not cast you out. If you fear the Lord, you will feel your sin. Do you feel that guilt tonight? What you've done and been and said and thought and what you are? If you fear God truly, you will feel your personal sin. And you'll have a desire for forgiveness. If you fear God, you won't fear what other people say. Sometimes for young people, that's a great barrier. What will people say if I go religious? If I turn to Christ? If I'm known as a Christian, will people laugh at me? What if I give my testimony? What if I write it down? What if I identify as being in Christ? What will people say at work? If you fear God, you won't fear what anyone else says. If you fear God, you will desire Christ and search much more than a miner looking for gold. You will know his will. His will is that not one should perish. Not one. Not you. His will is that you should fear him. And if you fear him, you will seek him until you find him. Look at the chapter. The minor searching, expending effort, energy, looking and risking their lives. We don't have to do that. All we have to do is get down on our knees, tell God what a sinner we are, And say to him, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. To depart from evil. That is understanding. That's the second part. To fear God, part one. Secondly, we must now repent. Tomorrow, don't go back to your sin. If a man has a drink problem, don't go back to the bottle. Somebody is angry. Day after day after day, tomorrow ask God for his help to be angry no more. If you have a problem with lying or the tongue, ask God to help you to repent, to depart from evil. That is understanding. So what is wisdom? Do you know we can use New Testament eyes just to close. We can look at this chapter and we can say, Wisdom is to find Christ. Christ is the pearl of greatest price. And when you have seen and known that he meets your every need, you will leave everything behind. You will fear him. You will depart evil. You will open your mouth wide and God will fill it with all that he has done for your soul. And you will have found wisdom. You will have found Jesus Christ and your eternity will be changed. And none can take that away. Have you found wisdom? It's found at the cross where you need to lay your burden down and you need to look at him, a look at the crucified one. Look, look and live to Christ tonight. Let's pray. Our gracious God, our loving Heavenly Father, the all-wise, the all-knowing, the God who has all infinite understanding, how can we possibly not fear God? How can we not depart from evil which is understanding? Oh, may we all tonight seek Christ and find him, and we will have found the greatest of all treasures. Oh, Lord, hear us tonight. We plead with thee in Jesus' precious and worthy name. Amen.